welcome once again to our second week in our sermon series, Culture Clash, as we're taking six weeks to study the book of Daniel. And last week, if you were with us, we studied a story about Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they stood up, they stood up strong in their faith. They stood up to their boss, Ashpenaz, and they stood up to the mighty king, Nebuchadnezzar. And when we look at a story like that, I think it's easy for us to think to ourselves, man, how do I get a faith like that? How do I stand up strong in my faith, even in front of authorities like bosses and rulers? And I bet there's days where you think of that self. How do I get a faith like that where I can stand strong no matter what the circumstances? How do I live my life bold at sharing the gospel? But then there are other days where we go out to eat with our families at Chipotle, and you kind of look down at your burrito and think to yourself, do we have to pray right here? Because there's some teenagers over there, and they, if we pray out loud at this type of restaurant, they might kind of look over at us. And uh, it's October. Well, it'll be October what, a couple days. Anyways, October is the time of the year when pastors love to tell Martin Luther stories. Am I right? And maybe the best Martin Luther story of all is when he is on trial at the Diet of Worms. Worms is a place, not a creepy crawler. And Martin Luther, he's standing up there, and he's basically given the two options. He says, either you take back everything that you wrote about God's word, or we're going to put you to death. And Martin Luther said this, shivers every time I hear that line about how Martin Luther was standing firm in his faith, even in the face of death. So how do we get that type of faith? How do we get that type of faith where we're no longer concerned about the consequences, where we would rather die before we give up our faith? There are days I think about that, and I pray to God asking to have a Martin Luther type of faith. But then there are other days when I'm done with work, but I'm still wearing my little Pastor Tom Grzalski name tag. And I go grocery shopping at Cub Foods, and when I'm checking out, the cashier kind of looks at my name tag and kind of just like looks at me a little funny. And then I get embarrassed with my faith. There are days where we want to have that strong type of faith, and there are days where we get nervous about it. So how do we stand up strong for our faith? How do we stand up for Jesus when the world doesn't? How do we talk about Jesus to whoever we come in contact with? How do we invite our co-workers or friends to church without getting embarrassed or nervous about it? How do we talk about Jesus on a first date? How do we stand strong in our faith no matter what the circumstances is? How do we stand up for Jesus in a world that doesn't? Well, today we're going to ask ourselves that question. And we're going to do that by looking at the story of Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and see how they stood up for their faith. It all started with a statue. A giant 90 foot tall gold statue. Imagine that. 90 feet tall, that's like two semi-trucks, the length of two semi-trucks standing on top of one another. That tall, a statue made of solid gold. King Nebuchadnezzar made this statue because he wanted to unite his whole kingdom. He knew that there are all sorts of people out there that had all sorts of religious beliefs but he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a statue, and I want everyone who sees it, when they hear the sound, to worship that gold statue. So basically what he did was he did a fire drill, or a worship drill, as I call it. He had a bunch of musicians, and when the people heard the sound of the pipes and the horns and the strings and the harps all playing at once, everyone was supposed to stop what they're doing and get down on their knees and start worshiping this gold statue. And Bible 
commentators, they kind of go back and forth about what they thought this gold statue looked like. Some people thought they made it look just like Nebuchadnezzar, and, you know, he made a statue that looked like himself. Others think that it represented uh, some specific Babylonian god at that time. But if you ask me, my opinion was that this statue was made to kind of embody all the other types of religions out there. It represented whatever god or goddesses you wanted it to. So the thought behind it was, uh, when you worship, I'm not telling you who to pray to. You can pray to whoever you want to. Uh, you can worship any god that you want to. But when the sound goes off, you're all going to worship together. Because Nebuchadnezzar wanted to unify his country. Doesn't that sound a whole lot like the world that we live in? Or you can worship whoever you want to. Just don't be like too in your face about it to anyone else. You can worship whatever God or pray to whoever you want to. Just don't tell someone that they're wrong what they believe. You can pray to God, just don't be intolerant. That's the world that we live in. And that's the world that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego lived in. But they stood up strong in their faith. When the worship drill went off, everyone else got down on their knees and started worshiping, except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They stood up for their faith and didn't worship. And I like to think that if I lived back then, I'd be standing right there with them. It would be the story of the four men in the fiery furnace. The story of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Pastor Tom. And for thousands of years to come, people would draw our picture at Vacation Bible School. That would be a great story. I'd like to think that I would do that. But I also know in my life that my heart struggles with bowing down to other idols. And I know your heart does as well. See, I don't think anyone here would say that they worship with, or they've struggled with worshiping a different God. No one here struggles to, well, should I worship Jesus today or Allah? Should I worship Jesus today or Buddha or Krishna or any other type of God there is out there? But, we still struggle with idolatry and the fact that we often get our priorities messed up. See, God says that he wants you to be the number one spot in your heart. And so often we struggle to prioritize something else above that thing in our heart. And to reveal what idol you're struggling with, um, I have two questions I want to ask you. I want you to really think about it. What makes you think, if I just had this one thing, then I would be happy? Do you have an answer? What's this one thing that you have in your life? If you finally got it, you don't have it right now, but if you got it, then your life would be good. Then you could relax because you know that you would finally be happy. What's that one thing you're thinking about? Or if I reverse the question, what makes you think, if I lost this one thing, then my life wouldn't be worth living? What's that one thing in your life? If it was taken away, you would be devastated forever. What's that thing in your life where if you lost it, you weren't sure if you would have a purpose of waking up the next day? Do you have an answer for that question? If you didn't say the word Jesus to either of these two questions, there's a good chance that you're struggling with idolatry. What makes you think if I just had this one thing, then I would be happy? Did any of you think of a romantic relationship or a better job? or a better marriage, or some type of career advancement? Any of you think, if I finally got out of our starter home and got to the home that I want, then I would finally be happy? What makes you think about lost this whole thing in my life, then my life wouldn't be worth living? Does anyone think of their spouse? 
or their family, or if you got fired from your job, or if you lost all your money, or if your reputation got ruined. It's so easy for us to know that we have, we're supposed to have God as number one in our life, but it's so easy to put our trust in something else. We take good things, things that God wants us to enjoy, like our family, like our jobs, our money, our house. But we take something that's good, and we turn it into a God thing, where we put our trust in that thing. Do you trust in God to take care of you, or do you trust that your savings account is big enough? Do you trust that God is the only thing that will satisfy all the desires of your heart? Are you pretty sure that your spouse will keep you happy the rest of your life? We need to think about Jesus as the number one thing in our heart. And even though we would like to stand strong in our faith, we know that there are so many idols that lead us to bow down in this world, just like everyone else. So there was this group of people called the Chaldeans. And they went and tattled to Nebuchadnezzar. They said, hey, you know what? Those guys that you used to like that you gave a promotion to before, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they aren't bowing down and worshiping the statue. And Nebuchadnezzar said, what? Are you kidding me? I mean, he was angry. Steam coming out of his ears, angry. Red hot burning anger. He said, bring these guys over here. So they brought Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before him. And he said to them, is it true? See, I have this statue I want you guys to bow down and worship to, and I hear that you guys aren't doing it. So I'm going to give you one more chance. When the horns go off, when the sirens go off, I want you to bow down and worship that statue. Otherwise, I'm going to throw you into a fiery furnace, and what God could save you from that? Can you stand up strong in that situation? Could you stand up strong in your faith, even if it meant losing your life? Could you stand up strong in your faith right now by getting rid of the idols that you have in your heart? Could you stand up strong in your faith by telling your co-worker about Jesus? Could you stand up strong in your faith by not being embarrassed? Could you stand up strong in your faith by standing up for Jesus, even when the world doesn't? That's the situation that these three men had to face. And what they said next was awesome. They did this great speech. It started off with this. They said, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Remember last week I talked about how Daniel's name means God is my judge? And that whenever Daniel was struggling with, he knew that God was the one who was going to judge him, ultimately? And that's what these men understood as well. Like, we don't need to defend ourselves in front of you. You're our king, but we answer to the Lord. And they said, uh, you taunted us asking what God could save us from the fiery furnace? If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. They trusted that God was powerful enough to save them from the flames. They trusted that God could save them from the fire. But what they said next was amazing. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of the but even if God does not save us. See, they didn't know how the story was going to play out. They knew that God was strong enough to save them from the furnace, but they also knew that God in his ultimate wisdom might let them die. But God, even in that situation, would still be saving them because he would be bringing them to their eternal place. They knew that God was strong enough to save them, but they also knew that they might die. And they stood up strong in their faith. 
King Nebuchadnezzar asked them, he realized that they weren't going to change. And he said, all right, let's get this furnace cooking. Or he told the guards, bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego here. Uh, let's tie them up. Let's get this furnace so hot and burn these punks. So they wrapped them up. They put them in ropes, and they brought them to the fiery furnace. And King Nebuchadnezzar uh, noticed that the guys who brought them to the furnace, they died because the furnace was so hot, just standing next to them, that these guards died. But then, something amazing happened. King Nebuchadnezzar looked into the furnace, and he saw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They weren't screaming out in agony, their skin wasn't getting burned up. Instead, they were just walking around in the furnace. And he counted, he saw, I saw Shadrach, I see Meshach, I see Abednego. But then, who's that? He saw a fourth person in the fire with them. And he looked like the son of gods. It was Jesus, standing right there with them. It was Jesus protecting them and watching over them so that they wouldn't get burnt. And Nebuchadnezzar walked up to the furnace and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out of there. And they walked out of the flames. They didn't have any burn marks. They weren't hurt at all. Their clothes wasn't even scorched. Hey, they didn't even smell like a bonfire. They were completely protected because Jesus was with them in the fiery furnace. And just like that, Nebuchadnezzar got down on his knees and worshipped. No, he didn't worship the golden statue. He worshipped the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So how do we stand up for Jesus when the world doesn't? How do we become fireproof in our faith, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did? Well, the strength of our faith, it doesn't come from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Instead, it comes from the fourth man in the furnace, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus came to this world, we read in our gospel lesson that he was tempted by Satan. And Satan tempted him and said, Jesus, I will give you everything this whole world has to offer. All you have to do is bow down and worship me. And Jesus stood up. Jesus continued to stand strong in his faith. And Jesus willingly stood and he walked to a furnace that was much, much hotter than the furnace that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego faced. On the cross, Jesus went through the flames of hell by bearing our sins. Jesus went through the bitter torment and agony of being separated from the Father and taking on the flames of hell. He did this. He went through those flames so that you and I will never have to face them. Jesus faced a much hotter furnace so that one day we would be led to heaven and could get down on our knees and worship our God and Savior. That's what Jesus did for us. And knowing that Jesus faced the ultimate furnace, that allows us to stand strong in our face whenever we face any types of toaster ovens of trials in this life. We might face little things, little trials, little sufferings in this life, but knowing that Jesus took care of the big suffering, the big test, the fiery furnace of the cross, we know that we can get through them. So whether you are embarrassed about sharing your faith with someone else, we know that God will help you through that situation because he was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Whatever you're struggling with, whatever pain you're going through in your life right now, whatever suffering you might bear because you are a follower of Jesus in this world, we know that we can handle it because of what Jesus did for us on the cross by facing that furnace. When I was in fifth grade, Mrs. Schmidt had this banner up on the wall. It said, stand up and watch 
up in the air, and there are a bunch of little red stick figure men sitting on the ground. And the point was simple. Stand up for what is right, even if you're standing alone. Stand up for what is right, even if no one else is standing up for it. I think that sums up the story here of the three men of the fiery furnace. Because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they stood up for what is right. They stood up strong in their faith. And we can do the same. We are, I encourage you now to stand up for what is right, even if you're standing alone, even if the world around you doesn't. But I would like to twist this phrase just a little bit. Stand up for what is right, because you are never alone. Because when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego faced their ultimate trial and test of faith, they weren't alone. Jesus showed up and was right there with them. And he will be with you too, no matter what you face. So whether you are struggling in your faith with some type of nervousness or embarrassment, and you want that bold type of faith of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you want that bold Martin Luther type of faith, we can know that no matter what struggle you're going through in life, our Lord and Savior will be right there with you. So stand up for what is right, because you are never alone. Amen. Please stand.